0: buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny.
1: Well, welcome to Gun Funny, episode 177. Today I'm going to chat with Antonia Aquifer cober discuss new security rules at the Capitol, highlight a new rifle platform from Savage, and talk about the hypocrisy of big tech censorship. I am your host, Ava Flannell, and before we get into it, Guys, I still have calendars available at gunfunny.com. They've been marked down to $15, includes free shipping. So again, get yours at gunfunny.com. And Antonia, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
1: Of course. Before we get into it, Smith & Wesson. If you're looking for a good subcompact carry gun, you should check out the M&P 2.0 subcompact from Smith & Wesson. It's about the same size as the Glock 19, which is a super popular carry size, but being a Smith & Wesson, it's got a much more comfortable grip angle and nice textured grips. It also comes with interchangeable palm swells for an ideal fit for your hands, has the improved trigger, nice crisp reset. The 9mm comes with 12 or 10 round magazines. You can get it with or without the manual safety, and it's also available in 40 and 45 MSRP on that is $569. Check it out at smith-wesson.com.
0: Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry.
1: All right. For listeners who aren't familiar with you, can you just give me a little bit about what you do in the gun industry?
2: Yeah, I am actually currently the national spokesperson for Gun Owners of America. I swear I can speak. It's so funny that I messed that up.
1: I think honestly, (laughs) I think it's because I'm having a hard time talking today that I'm probably wearing (laughs) off on you. Okay, get it together, Ava. Drink some more coffee real quick.
2: No, no, I, I totally, it humbles me. It humbles me when I'm like, oh yeah, that's my job to speak. And then I can't speak oh, right? So yeah. it's
3: cool.
2: It's cool. But yeah, so National spokesperson for Gun Owners of America. Um, I'm also the Director of Outreach for GOA as well. But I've been in the gun world a few years now. Started out in grad school when I was doing a lot of work with Campus Carry and that movement. Did some stuff with NRA for a few years and have progressed and now I'm with GOA. So that's what I'm doing as an overview in general
1: um, yeah. right now. I have no idea how you keep up with it all. And on top of that, you recently, within the last couple of months, had a baby, cute little baby yes. boy. So how are you able to do <laughs> all this stuff and maintain your sanity?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I ask that question every morning after several uh, nights of you know several times of waking up with a little newborn but you know what every day i just do it day by day and you know that i'm blessed and a lot of jesus and coffee so jesus and coffee is really how i do it
1: to yeah. be honest. right <laughs> nice i like it yeah, yeah. cuz we were just talking before the show started the last time i saw you it was in colorado which sucks because you lived in colorado at the time and even though you weren't necessarily next door. You were still an hour, hour and a half away. And we could have hung out or something. But now you moved to Texas, you got (laughs) married. And actually, one thing that it's not gun related, but you mentioned your husband's a pastor and you guys are going to start a church. Mm -hmm. What is the process like that?
2: Oh, man. So he went to seminary. That's why I actually was in Colorado for a couple of years. He was in a process of ordination. So he was ordained in February of last year and of course, right before all the whole COVID 2020 stuff. And then after that, he always wanted to plant a church. He's a church planter, which is different than what your typical head pastor does, where you just go to a church essentially, and then you become the head pastor. He is very um, focused on planting churches. So the First church that he actually planted was in Colorado after seminary, and then he is planting one with obviously his wife and kiddo here in Houston, where he originally is from. So he grew up in Houston area, and we're back in an area that's predominantly African American. And we really decided to come here after the whole with like Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd and just a lot of the racial tension. We felt really called because we are an interracial couple and we have a mixed child, that this was a great opportunity for us to, to have some reconciliation and healing. And so that's why we're here in, in downtown Houston area.
1: Nice. Your husband and I, it sounds like we have a lot in common because I like planting plants and flowers and stuff like that. No, <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> <can bless> it. <laughs> no but as yeah. you're saying, one thing that a lot of listeners probably don't know is I am obsessed with plants. I skipped the whole cat lady thing and I'm just the plant lady. My house, I probably have, I don't know, at least 50 plants in my house and then outside. So as you're saying planting, I suddenly just think about plants. This is, yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, that's so funny that you say that because I don't know if it's a Colorado thing, but I never even thought about planting anything or having any type of plants in my home until I moved to Colorado. I don't know because I've met a lot of people who are more like homeopathic focus yeah. or something. I don't know versus Texas, but that just never was a thing when Yeah, I was in Texas because it's too hot here.
1: <laughs> I agree. I was living in New York City. I had a fake plant for decor and now <laughs> I suddenly have a green thumb, but that's really cool though <laughs> that you guys did that. Kind of getting back with you, you were raised in a liberal house and you mm-hmm. said that you voted for Obama twice, but then you became conservative. Was it your last year of college?
2: Yeah, last year it was kind of a progression. So there was a lot of stuff that happens in college that usually doesn't <laughs> doesn't um end up you becoming a born again Christian and a conservative libertarian person. So but that was me. So I would say by the time I started grad school, which was right after college, that I really was in the liberty movement and mm-hmm. started thinking about gun rights and stuff like that.
1: What caused that change?
2: So a big one, like you said, I grew up in a mostly democrat party leaning household, and kind of took the party line came to issues like for example, the gun issue and stuff like that. But it was really feminism actually that brought me to the realization that if I was a actually good feminist and I wanted to promote female empowerment and empowering myself and other women around me then The whole gun, quote unquote, issue is really not an issue. It's Mm -hmm. something that should empower me and my fellow peers. Mm -hmm. And so, but it was college where at that time, Obama was president. He pushed a campus sexual assault report that was nationwide. A lot of people were talking about rape culture and stuff like that at that time. That's like 2011, 2012. And it was through that and my work doing a lot of that stuff, I've done a lot of that work because of my own history. I'm a sexual assault survivor. So that's domestic violence, sexual assault, things like that naturally brought me to the feminist movement. And then that realizing that I saw this void in the movement where all of this quote unquote solutions were about a, the perpetrator, right? The guy or girl, but mostly the guy that Mm -hmm. was the perpetrator in that event and how we could stop them or, or whatever. But then B, it was also the fact of the matter that it was always asking the fact. It wasn't about preventative measures that we can take to help empower women. Mm -hmm. So they're not in those situations. Or if they are in a situation, they're able to get out of it and be survivors, right? Mm -hmm. So that led me to, you know what? Well, I trust myself. I'm capable. Obviously, I'm here feminist, independent woman, right? Then why can I use a firearm? Why wouldn't I talk about that? in order to be using that as a means to protect myself, whether on campus or off campus. And so that led me to the campus carry movement, because I was on college campus 90% of the time or more, where I wasn't able to actually have a firearm with me, I started getting involved in that movement to push to allow women like me and other people, students on campus to be able to carry as well.
1: Yeah, and that actually ended up getting passed, correct? Correct.
2: Yeah, it did. It did. It got passed and it was implemented in 2016 and 2017. So in Texas, if it's a four-year university, public school, or a community college, you have to allow people to conceal carry. And if it's a private school, they get to make the decision for themselves. Unfortunately, I'm sure a lot of your audience already knows higher education tends to go anti-gun to the Mm. left. And so many private schools, sans one university, and I think that university is mostly online, to be honest, <laughs> in Texas, uh, has to have said no, that they're not going to allow concealed carry on campus. But wow. yeah, it's the rule of the land for public school universities.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I couldn't agree more as far as even when I lived in New York City and my freshman year, I went to an all women's Catholic college. And I'm mm. not Catholic, and I don't really know what I was <laughs> thinking going to an all-women's college, but I got straight A's. There was absolutely no distractions, but yeah, <laughs> I learned a lot. I think I've been in a lot of situations where you learn a lot. I don't think that I would have gotten the feminist education that I got if I were to just go to a co-ed school. And mm. through all of that, obviously, it was extremely liberal and anti-gun, especially in New York. But I yeah. definitely realized a lot of the stuff that women face. But I have always kind of thought that even me, I live alone. I'm extremely independent. And really, the thing that keeps me sleeping well at night is just the fact that I have a gun. I know how to use it. And that is literally the only equalizer that I can think of that would protect me. People who are anti-gun, what would you recommend for me to use? If you're so anti-gun, how am I preventing anything bad from happening? And when you ask them that, they have no idea what to say. What am I supposed to do? Buy a baseball bat? I don't really have guarantee they'll take it away from me in a few seconds. And I don't know if I really have enough upper body strength to hit them well enough. The reasoning, I guess, that people think that women or people in general, the public shouldn't have guns is just, it just amazes me. Oh, yeah,
2: absolutely. And I think a lot of my time at activism in the last few years has been in the college space and I've learned a lot, even particularly with the mentality of why the modern feminist movement is anti-gun and even on college campuses, it's even clearer of how it's really, the goal is not even about like you're saying, oh, well, people would maybe say, okay, why don't you have a bat or something like that? It's like you could... St- bash someone's head in with a bat you know like
3: it it, mm-hmm.
2: you, it can be depending on what you're using the firearm for and what you're using the bat for I mean one could definitely be more lethal than the other depending on, on you know how you use it so what is the real issue like why are you okay with a woman having a bat which mm-hmm. more than likely if the other person has a firearm they're losing yeah. still but you're not okay with the woman having a firearm and mm-hmm. actually a lot of the arguments if you look at them I still understand how they don't see this as completely sexist, maybe because they're able to completely just manipulate people. That's a whole different conversation when it comes to that conversation. But really it's saying that a woman can't utilize a firearm or essentially that it, they're not capable is what the, it comes down to the argument mm-hmm. is that a woman shouldn't be able to use a firearm because, well, what if it's used against her? Would you ask that same question for a guy? Yeah. No, you wouldn't. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like, like, well, she's probably not going to know how to use it. And it's like, well, if you think that women can do anything men can do, then we can train and do the same things. And we have the mental capacity to to learn how to use a firearm just like any man should, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of those arguments, particularly in the feminist movement, I just saw contradiction after contradiction. And it just, I think that was also part of my awakening, eye-opening process through the gun, the Second Amendment issue that i really realized like the modern feminist movement is not about empowering women unless it's empowering women "quote unquote" through the vehicle that they want to empower women which mm-hmm. is anti-gun very radical left of progressive leanings that really in my view and in, in my experience have not actually empowered women if you just look at the anti-gun movement and gun control movement that is heavily connected to the modern feminist movement it doesn't make sense in my eyes.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. You've been extremely politically active. Were you looking to get into politics initially when you were in college?
2: I actually was a foreign policy major and got my degree in foreign policy. So I do think it's, it kind of correlates with the fact that I was more on the left. Definitely. I'm not saying that you can't be in foreign policy if you're more on the right, but I did think like, for example, the UN was a great idea and mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like the one world order type thing, like if you just all get along, all have the same type of stuff and in, in every, in every different facet of things. And of course, then we'll just, we'll have this whole unity and then realizing, oh yeah, there's this thing called sovereignty and <laughs> <laughs> things like that. And also the UN very anti-gun, you know, things like that, that kind of made me realize that there's a different way to deal with stuff like that. But I was, yeah, very much going to go the route of development and UN foreign policy and foreign service officer. Um, So I didn't even think about domestic politics or even the policy issues domestically until I got organically in the gun movement. And then I started getting more involved with state politics because of campus carry. And for most people, I'm sure your audience knows, most gun policy goes to the state level. And so I was doing a lot of state politics in Texas, which is a whole thing itself, just in Texas alone. And then I started doing more national politics when the campus carry movement became more of a, a national movement and something that I wanted to carry on in different states as well. So it really started really local and Mm -hmm. organically
1: that way. Mm -hmm. And how is that working now as far as on a national level?
2: Well, it's still it's still state by state, but it's a movement. I realized that if I were going to get other people on board, I had to start an organization that would educate people like why it was important to, from the grassroots, start a grassroots movement in your school, in your state, in order to get campus care right passed. And so, yeah, it's, it's kind of become this thing where it's the state level and it's also the national level, only because it's something that's easier to get the message across of why campus care is important, why, you know, feminism and gun rights actually do go together and they're not mutually exclusive. And then on the practical application level, getting people on the state level in their schools and universities to pass those laws that allow them to carry wherever they are, whether on campus or not on campus.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to take a quick break real quick and talk about SB Tactical. If you've got a Remington TAC 13 shotgun, you've probably realized the pistol grip on it, it might look cool at first, but it's not really that user friendly. So there's a great way to fix that. SB Tactical came out with the TAC 13 SBA3 brace kit to make the TAC 13 comfortable to use. It comes with an adapter that installs on the receiver and is equipped with the Ergo grip and the ultra popular SBA3 brace. Just like the normal SBA3 brace, it is adjustable. The entire kit is included for $269.99. It is in stock right now. And if you use that code GUNFUNNY15, you will get 15% off. And that is at sb-tactical.com. You also landed a pretty impressive internship as well. You've definitely been in the political realm for quite some time. So what was that experience like?
2: Yeah. So I right after college, in between college and grad school, I landed a fellowship with the Running Start program which is an organization that seeks to get more women into politics in general mm-hmm. and I kind of come out as a as a conservative libertarian liberty leaning person at that time unfortunately the two party system you had to choose one or the other so I chose Republicans <laughs> mm-hmm. too and so at that time I decided to go through the Senate route. And so the only woman at that time I could actually intern for was Kelly Ayotte. And so I interned for her. And I was doing, I was still doing foreign relations at the time that that was going to be my career path. And so that's what I was doing a lot while I was in DC. So I got to do that. It was a great experience. I got to learn a lot about even just Republican politics and the people in DC etc and, and the foreign policy aspect of things as well but yeah it was a really cool experience
1: would you say that it changed the way that you viewed politics
2: oh man it you know it's funny because at that same time was <laughs> when house of cards was getting really popular too uh-huh. it was like the second yeah season. yeah <laughs> and I was just at the same time like doing that and I was like wow there this is not far off <laughs> right <laughs> not gonna lie If anything, it kind of it definitely was eye opening experience to be in the Senate during that time. But it was also kind of the whole swamp thing I totally got after the fact of of being in DC. But I mean it's very also very non Republican to say to be in DC is amazing. The fact that there's so much history there that Mm -hmm. it is a place that has always been inspiring to me and the fact that there's so many things that happen at that place and so many things that have happened. I think it is still amazing to be a part of American history in that sense. But yeah, the people are not the greatest sometimes. <laughs> that's definitely the swampy factor that yeah. people understand. But yeah, if anything though, it did. And that's why when people ask me, like, are you still a feminist today? Like, would you still consider yourself a feminist? Yeah, I, I absolutely still would consider myself a feminist. Mm-hmm partly because I'm very adamant that people have co-opted the term to make it only very one-sided and that's modern feminism that says you have to be on the radical left to be Mm -hmm. a good quote-unquote good feminist and I just absolutely don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. I have been a student of feminism. I know the history of feminism and I know what it's supposed to stand for and if anything Gun rights is something that should be solidified and a part of the feminist movement, but there are people who have different agendas that don't want that to be a part of it. So mm-hmm. I am very adamant that my life's work is to make sure that people understand that feminism and the Second Amendment are not mutually exclusive at anything. They they go hand in hand and they empower more women than it hurts women.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. It isn't it unfortunate that you pretty much have to classify yourself? You have to pick one side or the other, because I've heard you mention when you have to pick if you're a Democrat or Republican, and it kind of sucks because a lot of us aren't really one side or the other. We're kind of right. sort of middle grounds, but it does suck even just the stereotypes with things that you believe and that you have to be, in order to be like a feminist, you have to be left-leaning, which is not true. In addition right. to that, I also would say that you're obviously a very strong, independent woman. How was that when you were dating? You're married now, but was it kind of difficult to find somebody who could handle somebody who was so opinionated?
2: <laughs> oh, an Apple woman like me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you're definitely the first who's ever asked that question which I think that's why it's awesome to have a female host who understands that life
1: so that I'm just I'm literally asking because I'm like yo I'm (laughs) trying to get a date over here so if I could just take some notes
2: (laughs) girl yeah it is not easy (laughs) I totally I do not wish being in the dating world ever again so I totally understand how hard it is out there but yeah, for the guys that are listening, I want you guys to really think when you guys in your heads, like I think sometimes they like think, oh, yeah, it'd be cool to have a strong woman and, you know, having someone who's pro-gun and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But then in like actual like being the practical aspect of it, I honestly just think there's some guys who just can't handle it, yeah. unfortunately for them. But anyways, I could go into that, like, that would be like a whole class if I talked about the dynamics there. But yeah, it was And my husband is a pastor, he's and I'm also bringing my faith into this. Um, I'm born again, Christian. So even there adds a whole dynamic that's different as well. Because I think people think of Christianity, they think of definitely not feminist <laughs> Yeah, uh, when they, they bring those two terms together, but he's someone who's always understood and loved what I've done. He understands why I do it and God's working on me too on some other things, but for the most part, it works out because we're both, you know, we're being sanctified in his image and, and he, God has been working in me and working on him as well. But Date-wise, practical tips, I will say we we both found each other on Christian Mingle. So online dating does work if it's done well. I will just say that, and especially since, like you said, I'm all over the place. And uh, that's the only way that a Texas girl would have met a guy who was in Colorado <laughs> 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 if online dating didn't work. So it worked out god was in the middle of that all that's all i can say but yeah just find out soon like quickly ladies if you if you've gotten like oh you're overbearing or oh you're blah blah like just don't listen to those guys they have their own issues let them go be what they need to be and think that they're the manly man they are it's the real men that can understand that a a woman who has their own opinions and yes could not live with you and be okay, but wants to mm-hmm. um is a completely different dynamic. So, anyways, yeah. so just people be be okay with your own manhood. That's all I gotta say.
1: Exactly, and and be <laughs> and okay women, be with men, and be okay that they can possibly <laughs> shoot a gun better than you.
2: Absolutely, and we have this conversation all the time. My husband and I have this conversation all the time. It's like, okay, babe, my gun's over here. I know that you you know how to use it, and that's important. But what would happen in this scenario? So we have like conversations about scenarios of like okay i have the gun this time okay yeah but you have the gun this time okay we Mm -hmm. both have guns this time who's shooting first like it's
3: so important that's funny so
2: anyway it's so much better to have that conversation than being with a guy that is anti-gun ladies so for the ladies as well don't take the men who are i will be maybe this is misogynist in that way like why why would you want to be with a guy who can't have your back same thing with the fellas why wouldn't you be with a lady who can't mm-hmm. have your back?
3: I mean, come on. Definitely.
2: So. <laughs> I agree. So, yeah. Probably not great advice there, but we can talk offline. We can talk offline. I'll give you more tips. No, right.
1: <laughs> I just have to laugh because it's funny how guys are like, no, I'm totally fine if like a girl makes more money than me, if she can shoot a gun better than me, if she has knowledge about guns. It all sounds great in theory until you're put in your place and there's, uh, and they feel completely emasculated, which they shouldn't.
3: Hmm.
2: Yep. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Get the real men are totally fine with all of that. I'm not saying like a girl should. St- yeah, a girl shouldn't be trying to emasculate a man. Obviously not. Yeah. But and the same the same thing. A guy shouldn't be doing that to a lady. Like mm-hmm. I'm not impressed with guys who. I mean, I'm a southerner. At the end of the day, if you're not opening the door for me. Right. I'm definitely. <laughs> there's some things that is a big no-no. I'm the same um, way.
1: (laughs) There's so many things that if I've gone on a date and they don't, they walk in front of me, they go through the door first, they don't open the door. Mm -mm. I mean, even car Mm -mm. doors, I'm kind of old fashioned like that. And it's just, yeah, I might be dominating some sort of male dominant industry, but I still want to be treated like a female. I don't know. I still, it has nothing to do with the fact that I can't open up my own door. It's just showing, I think it's a form of, I don't know, it's just, it's like a form of courtesy. I think there's just some old-fashioned, it's weird. It's difficult to explain without sounding, I guess, sexist. Because you're like, Uh, well, "Well, I want to get paid the exact same, but you better open up the damn door for me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I think as ladies, we do, there are some things that are contradictory that we do for our fellas as well, though. So it's it's just mutual respect exactly Maybe that's what it is yeah. like if you know that your lady doesn't here's I there's honestly some ladies I don't know who they are I'm again I grew up in the south but like there's honestly some ladies who get offended by that mm-hmm. okay I mean that's a thing that they just grew up with I mean, yeah respect them but I think that's another tip is just let the guy know up front like I think there's so much with dating there's so much like oh, let me just be this way for a little bit. And then let me just be this way for a little bit, like literally with my husband, and I joke about it all the time with him now. But I told him early on, I was like, look, I'm on Christian Mingle, because I'm wanting to get married. I'm not like trying to just date around, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. that type thing. Like, are you serious about this? If not? Oh, there's other guys around there, like I can go to somebody else. But I'm serious about this. And like, mm-hmm. I think guys usually respect, at least the ones that you want to be dating, respect being upfront. Yeah. <laughs> so but people are just playing around. There's so much playing around in this current dating culture mm-hmm. that I think people are just sick of. And it just gets the people, you like wonder, why did I get this guy? Because you weren't yourself and you were being, you were okay with like all this other stuff that you would never tolerate in normal circumstances. yeah. Um, and that's why you got the guy that wasn't for you or you got the girl that wasn't for you because you weren't being yourself. So yeah. I think just being upfront about what you want is best for both parties and it just helps people at the end.
1: Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. Let's talk about <laughs> the NRA for a little bit. You were working with them on a few things you were doing. Was it the outreach projects? and eventually you ran for on the board correct mhm how did that all pan out
2: yeah so i started out with nra doing the commercial so i did a commercial for them called freedom's safest place it was a campaign to highlight their members before then i was actually i would i was a guest during my campus carry days where i would kind of give them updates uh, cam edwards who was their radio show host for NRA News, would have me on like once a week while we're, you know, going and doing a lot of the activism work for Campus Carry in Texas. And after that, did the Freedom Safest Place commercial that ran for like a year. And during that time, did a lot of stuff with them, spoke at their Atlanta conference and stuff like that. But I mean, I think people know what's going on with NRA right now that is out there. I don't know all the stuff that happened behind the scenes, but I just did project by project stuff with them, never was actually employed fully with them or anything like that. And then I ran for the board actually a couple of times. The first time, first time I want to say that they said it was, I didn't get enough something. I forgot what it was. I didn't get enough to be nominated. I did through the nomination process, which is the board nominating you Mm -hmm. to run, which is kind of a weird process. And the second time I did it where I did it with the people and I just had people who were going to essentially say they wanted me to run, which that one I was stopped on based on them deciding that you had to have this type of duration of membership of like the highest membership, which is a lifetime membership before you could even be able to be on the ballot. And so they passed that like literally for a month before I was able to actually start doing the actual running part of it and campaigning. So that was stopped that second time. So both times I wasn't actually able to get on the ballot because of the process that they had. Um, But yeah, (laughs) that's a whole different thing.
1: But yeah. (laughs) That's unfortunate because I think you definitely would have done very well helping the NRA. I think people like you, we need more people like you.
2: Well, I appreciate that. I do. And that comes, I think that's my faith. It was very, I definitely felt very slighted by that whole process, but you know what? I do think at the end of the day, God saw what was coming in the future. And I think I'm honestly well better off that I'm not a part of that
3: mess that's going on right
2: now, particularly as a board member, because they do have a lot of liability Mm -hmm. and, and even legally sometimes. So I'm so glad that I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop this, but you'll thank me later. Yeah, no kidding. It sucked (laughs) at the
1: time, but you dodged a bullet.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What are your thoughts on the NRA now?
2: You know, um, I think leadership is obviously trying to hold on to power that if it was about the organization, that they wouldn't be, right? Yeah. Um, So I think it's been really sad because there's so many people, you know, NRA has been around for over a hundred years, like regardless if you like them or not or whatever. They have been a strong staple of the gun community and of training alone of a lot of people who have benefited from their training program. Like I'm an NRA certified instructor and I use that to provide free training for women in the industry and stuff like that. So I'm thankful for things like that. But unfortunately, the financial and political and all the shady stuff have kind of overshadowed all of that, where there are people who are legitimately like don't not not only do they not like the NRA, they don't like any of us. They don't like the gun world. They don't want guns to yeah. be around. And so that's always been their agenda. So unfortunately, I think the people who decided that being in leadership is more important than the overall vision and the overall movement, not just NRA, but the movement in general, I think they made the wrong decision. And now that is impacting everybody mm-hmm. and the gun world and unfortunately it's also impacting nra the most mm-hmm. obviously so i do hope all this stuff like gets cleared up soon but i do think it's going to be a, it needs to be a change of leadership for any of that to really take place in the right way so. absolutely
1: i know if wayne Lapierre even cared slightly he would back down because at this right, point definitely. with him it's such a mess and it is unfortunate because as so many people have said in the past the nra is the big gorilla in the room right Let's go back to you being a firearms instructor. How long ago did you get your credentials?
2: So I actually got it. This is how much of a nerd I am. Instead of our honeymoon, I I literally went to get my instructor license that week. Wait. Wait. So uh, yeah, we had our honeymoon six months later because Uh I really had to get my instructor license that weekend. So we kind of waited to do our honeymoon because of that. So that was July, yeah, early July of 2019. And I got married last week of June.
1: Nice. I love it.
3: (laughs) Yes.
2: But in Colorado, what I love about Colorado is that you are able to, as long as you have the way they made the licensing requirement for you to be an instructor and be able to give concealed carry classes, essentially only the NRA. Maybe another organization, but only the NRA certification works Mm -hmm. where you're able to actually give classes and then be allowed to have concealed carry permits be issued from that class. So, for example, in Texas, you have to do a state mandated course that only the state will actually offer for you to be able to actually say that. That is going to be something that is certifiable for you to be able to get your permit Mm -hmm. after the fact. In Colorado, it's a lot more lenient. Really, it should be permitless, but, anyways, it's a lot more lenient where I was able to utilize that course and then afterwards work with an organization called Guns for Everyone. You might Mm -hmm. uh, know him, Edgar. And I was able to do a lot of free classes with people who were. Women, especially who were wanting to get into concealed carry but couldn't afford it. And mm-hmm. so that allowed me to do a lot of that type of work, which for me is, it's, I mean, that's part of my mission is to empower women and cost should never be something that prohibits women, especially from being able to carry and protect themselves and the people that they care about. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, that um,
2: allowed me to do that. It's
3: been really cool.
1: I can't help but think women tend to be catty at times. Do you ever think about here I am busting my ass fighting for women's rights? And then do you ever have certain women that are just sort of disrespectful towards you? Or I guess catty would be the best way to, especially I think in every industry, and I've had my fair share of run-ins with certain people that are just extremely rude. Does mm. it ever kind of make you take a step back? Cool. I'm glad I'm fighting so hard for women as a whole <laughs> and helping them out. And then there's women like this that are just so rude about it.
2: I think I'm, I'm getting where you're... <laughs>
1: what you're I know. I'm trying to formulate you. this without... <laughs> but okay, I don't even know if this is coming out right.
2: <laughs> no, I I, I I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. Unfortunately, just like, yeah, like you said, every other industry... There are those women that I think see it more as a zero-sum game of, like, if I'm doing well, you can't do well. Yeah. And vice versa type thing. Like, instead of seeing it how they should see it, which is, it's not a scarcity that there is enough for everybody Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be a part of. You don't have to be the only woman, right, quote-unquote token woman in the room in order to be successful Mm -hmm. type thing. And I do think there is that type of mentality sometimes. And unfortunately, those people who are like that can do a lot of damage. And that's unfortunate. But for the most part, even in politics, I think the gun women, it's a different dynamic, thankfully, for mm-hmm. the most part, where I think just there's that mutual respect automatically because we're just like, you know what? If we needed to, I could take you. You know, yeah. remember I have a gun, I know how to use it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I I, I joke about that. Like, I honestly, like, think that there is a part of that, like, girl, don't mess with me. Like, right. <laughs> and Like, girl, don't mess with me. And we know that. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't mess with each other. So, yeah, I will say for the most part, there's definitely those people that tend to be that way. And that's unfortunate. If anything, I've learned from that of, like, I don't want to be that person for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to be that person to just think. If they're successful, then I can't be successful. I mean, I think woman or man, regardless, I think that's just something that we all kind of struggle with confidence wise. But at the end of the day, I think what helps me, what grounds me personally is that my faith, for example, is one, two, I have a life outside of the gun world, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which some people need to have a little bit more of. I have a child. I have a husband. But also that this is personal for me. I'm doing the work I'm doing not so I can be a social media star or whatever. I'm doing it because, you know, I had a horrible thing happen to me when I was younger. And I do believe that if I don't speak up and I'm not part of being an advocate, even going through the hard times and the good times of being what that looks like as an advocate, then there are people who are going to be harmed because they listen to the rhetoric that guns are anti women, mm-hmm. right? And so I want to empower women. I see this as a work, I see this as a personal journey for me and for other people to help other people. And so that's why I continue to stay in this industry. And so that's more important to me than cat fights or people yeah. not liking me or, or et cetera. So mm-hmm. I think that's what keeps me. Doing what I'm doing, yeah. um, for the right reasons as well.
1: I love it. Do you have any upcoming plans or messages that you want to share with listeners?
2: Oh man, well, I do have. We have this new show called Guns Out TV that GOA is going to be a part of um, in a big way, um, speaking out because I mean that's another thing is that not only am I a woman, but I'm a Black woman. There's a lot of a lot more African Americans, um, particularly this last year with this massive spike of gun owners, new gun owners, who mm-hmm. primarily were not only Black, but also Black women. So uh, we're kind of doing this show as an outreach tool, but also it's just how it's going. You know, it's, The gun world is becoming more diverse, thankfully. And Guns Out TV that I'm working on with Shermichael Singleton and, and John Keyes, who's a Marine veteran, We're going to be just doing a lot of stuff fun-wise when it comes to just having fun with guns and stuff, but also educating all these new gun owners and people who are interested in the dynamic of being in the gun world, but are kind of hesitant or have been burned to be frank from the gun world or people who have made it seem like it's only for a certain type of person. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so it's a project, a passion project for me, but also GOA just branching out and saying hey like we actually want to be a part of the community we want to empower the community and we're not going to just give lip service when we say that we are doing outreach Mm we're going to be involved and we're going to put money where our mouth is so
1: that's what we're doing with guns out tv i love it you are such an impressive person and i just love all the (laughs) awesome work that you're doing i want you to know i appreciate it i appreciate everything you're doing
2: Oh, thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, and I want to do stuff with you more, even though I'm not in Colorado anymore. <laughs> <laughs> At least it'll give me an excuse to come to Colorado. Yeah, so there you go. I, I'm hoping we can do some stuff together, particularly for the TV show. So we need more. We need to highlight more women. And that's what my segment will be doing is highlighting women in the industry. Because sometimes, too, I think sometimes people stay with the same people, you know, that whole mentality of like, okay, well, this one woman is cool, the whole token Mm
3: -hmm. idea.
2: But then like, there's so many other women in the industry that I just think that should be highlighted and need a platform and and people should know about. So I'm really excited about highlighting more women in the industry. So people know that there's a lot more women in leadership than than you see all the time. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Can you just tell listeners where they can find you on social media, if you have a website, stuff like that?
2: Yeah, so <laughs> it's so funny about social media. So if social media still exists in the next huh. week, um, you guys, <laughs> you guys can totally uh, follow me on Twitter. If you're still going that route on Antonia underscore Okafor, O-K-A-F as in Frank, O-R. Same thing with Instagram, um, same handle. And I'm also on Facebook, Black Armed and Conservative. Um, is my handle for Facebook. Parlor the same way. If that ever comes back online, we'll see. It's actually Antonia over for Cover for Parlor. And I'm also on Clubhouse as well, which of course, you know, Clubhouse is safe because it's left leaning. So that that's safe for right now. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> so we'll see. But yeah. So, you can
1: find me on those. It's funny that you say F as in Frank because that's what I do when I say my last name. But my mom did that. So, I just naturally do it. But also, as as far as like phonetics go, I suck at it. I'll be on the phone and they're like, okay, and what's the number? B as in balloon, uh, (laughs) A as in astronaut. I'm so bad. And I crack myself up every time. Okay, you just need to sit down and learn the correct phonetics of every letter. But the F's and Frank—that's what my mom always said. So I'm always, yeah, you know, Flannel F's and Frank, L A N E L L, and I need to stop saying that because it just, uh, yeah, pretty funny.
2: <laughs> I—that is stuff so I wonder where the Frank thing came from. I don't know. I thought it was because my parents. My parents are Nigerian immigrants, so I just thought they just like weird to
3: use <laughs> weird names. like.
2: Like F as and Frank. Okay. And yeah, my mom always said F as in Frank. So I yeah. guess I'm just gonna start saying F as in frank. Yeah, that's exactly why yeah. I say it. Yeah. Pretty funny.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. Well, everyone go and follow Antonia on social media, which we'll talk about here in a second. But before we do, I W I If you're wanting a new PCC but haven't quite figured out what to get, you should check out the Tavor X95 chambered in 9mm. It's the latest generation Tavor, has a 5-pound trigger pull. They also changed the ergonomics by moving the ambidextrous mag release in front of the grip like you would see on an AR-15. Like other Tavors, it has a Picatinny rail which has removable covers on the forend as well as the full-length top rail. They come with 32-round magazines, and of course, they're threaded, so if you want to suppress it, MSRP on these is roughly $2,000. You can check them out at IWI.us, but also, while you're checking out their web store, if you see any swag, accessories, magazines, any of that stuff, you want to buy it, don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15, and you will get 15% off, and that is at IWI.us.
0: Hold on what is going on in the world today? It's political AF.
1: Capitol Police install metal detectors outside House Chamber. After the events that took place at the Capitol, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi directed Capitol Police to install metal detector on the entrance to the House Chamber. As I've talked about before, members of Congress are allowed to carry in the Capitol except for the House Chamber. Last week I talked about Lauren Boebert leading a group of representatives fighting back on the attempt to ban members from carrying. During the protest Lauren Boebert had followed the rules and was not carrying in the chamber. Afterwards she said she wished she had just not listened. Several other GOP members did not follow the rules though and were armed. None of them needed to use force however. Boebert said you never know when you're going to need it, so you never leave home without it and that's how I live my life every day and now here I am prohibited to carry in the one room where I potentially needed it. Lauren was stopped by Capitol Police on Tuesday after her purse set off the new metal detectors. She refused to let them search her bag and eventually was allowed onto the House floor with her bag. Other members refused to comply by just running through the detectors or bypassing the screenings. Democrats, of course, are still trying to enforce no guns on the House floor and condemning members refusing to go through the metal detectors. Bobert disagrees and points to the events of last week as the perfect example of the need to be able to defend yourself. Isn't that so stupid? I mean, it's just so typical, where obviously protesters storming the Capitol and getting inside is definitely something that I'm sure was scary for everyone. And for those not armed, I'm sure that they were wishing that they were armed. But in order to prevent this from happening, or as if protesters, the people that stormed the Capitol, they're going to go through the metal detectors and that's going to prevent them from having a gun. It's just, again, the rationale or the lack of is insane to me. How is that going to prevent any, if anything, you're just putting more people in the Capitol in harm's way?
2: I mean, the fact, yeah, the fact of the matter is that if anything, that would have been a perfect example of why people should, especially people in the house chambers to have a firearm, But again the left does so well it's insane that they would think oh you know what i know that we were at a a time where it would have been very helpful for me as an individual to have a firearm to protect myself because obviously the police were not doing their job either Mm -hmm. um effectively right because they always say just let the police handle it yeah um well the police didn't handle it the best way that they could the Capitol police at least in that situation and they were frankly (laughs) Frank, frankly, (laughs) a very lucky and blessed that they were not had did not have to use that individually, that they didn't come to them as an individual and they had to use self-defense in that situation. So you would think that, yeah, actually, no, that makes total sense Mm -hmm. for Lauren to be pushing that. But once again, now they're having to deal with just house members trying to protect themselves and going through this ridiculous screening as if they're the ones that were the protesters and the rioters last time. They did the same thing, though, with us as civilians when the mass shooting happens. Instead of doing something to make sure that the criminals are not actually able to pursue their means with their end is to do as much harm as possible in the least amount of time, they put it on us and give us more restrictions and uh, make it harder for us to protect ourselves Mm -hmm. against those situations from happening in the future. So unfortunately I've gotten to the point where when they react that way, which is completely the opposite of what I think most people react, that I am not surprised. And, but I do hope people see that and see how ridiculous that situation is and also see how, that's what they do when it comes to legislation for everybody else as well on yeah. the good side.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We'll see what happens, but hopefully they I don't know. At least it seems like a lot of people are kind of ignoring it and just going through the metal detectors and if it goes off, they don't care.
2: I guess right. That's good. Yeah. But yeah. And well I'm interested in who actually had the firearms. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Representative Massey. I think it was Thomas Massey and Lauren who are kind of working together right now on eliminating gun-free zones and stuff like that. But yeah. it's just unfortunate. Yes, you have people on the right and they'll say that they're pro-Second Amendment, but people, for example, like Lauren, who actually live that life, mm-hmm. you know, how different it is to have someone who's going to stand up for that type of stuff, like mm-hmm. because they live it and they can still carry and. That's why it's important to have people who are actually not only going to say, like, give lip service that they're pro-technic amendment, but that they do those things and they understand what it takes, why it's important that people have the right to carry wherever they are Mm -hmm. or situations like that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. All right. Manicore Arms. If you've got a CZ Bren 805, you need to check out the accessories from Manticore Arms. They have a ton of upgrades. First off, they offer a rock-solid M-Lock forend from 6061 aluminum billet. At 3.2 ounces, it's only slightly heavier than the factory one, but a lot more comfortable and flexible with adding accessories. They also make an enhanced ambidextrous safety selector. They're slightly longer to make them easier to operate and have a nice, smooth profile. The knurled charging handle is a must, gives you a better grip to operate it. And of course, they make amazing muzzle devices. You can check out all that stuff. It's all in stock. I just looked this morning. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15. That gets you 15% off, and that is at manacorarms.com.
0: QA There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours.
1: Today we didn't really have any questions that were submitted within the last week, but a few people did inbox me on Instagram and asked if I recently lightened my hair, which is so funny. I was joking with somebody last night, and it's funny how guys, your boyfriend or your husband, babe, I got my hair done, doesn't it look nice? And they're, like, oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, it's fine. But with social media, a lot of your followers notice the slightest little change. And most of them are guys. And it's funny that here men aren't really ones to pick up if we've changed our hair or got it cut or changed colors or whatever. But I've noticed that people on social media, whoever they follow, they usually notice.
2: I yeah, they notice that stuff. Yeah. Especially when they're dating, they notice that stuff. Like all the stuff that I didn't even know until, of course, after I get married... Then my husband tells me all all the like secrets about like what men notice. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Like yeah, I noticed your nails. Oh yeah, I noticed when you your pedicure. Like I noticed what you like. Okay, thanks for me all of that stuff.
1: After right. We got <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And then you get married and you let yourself go and you're just like, oh, I didn't even think it was a big deal. You never compliment my manicure. <laughs>
2: exactly until you stop doing it yeah like oh COVID like just because you know COVID is happening and everything's shut down doesn't mean you can't get your nails so it's like actually it does mean
1: that Uh, yeah and thank you for telling me I know (laughs) oh man it
2: was important
1: I don't even want to say how much I've let myself go I actually gained this is slightly off topic but I gained nine pounds and I'm not one to constantly step on the scale Which is probably why I gained nine pounds because if I was constantly I'd be like, okay, I just gained two pounds. Time to let off on the ice cream. But instead, (laughs) I'm just like, man, I still fit my clothes, whatever. And then one day, man, I just Uh, feel really heavy. I stepped on the scale. Nine freaking pounds. And why is it so hard to lose? So easy to gain. So hard to lose. Oh, Oh, yeah.
2: I just had, well you're talking to someone who just had a baby like three months ago yeah
1: so, I, can't I even totally imagine. understand
2: how quickly you can gain weight and then how frustrating it can like I'm on that right now I'm just like at that 10 pound mark that just won't budge yeah. um, for my pre-baby weight and so apparently it has something to do with I know your guy's gonna be like turn this off i don't want to talk about breastfeeding <laughs> but anyways you males are gonna have a female and you're gonna have kids if you don't already have them so, but uh so you guys know this but like people always like oh when you're breastfeeding like you just lose all of the weight and it's just 500 calories 600 calories a day extra like yeah but you're also hungrier
3: <laughs> that makes <laughs> so, sense
1: yeah
2: So it's not as easy as you think getting back to your pre-pregnancy weight. But anyways, I totally understand that.
1: (laughs) I didn't even know that that that's what they said. I don't know anything about. If I ever had a kid, I feel bad for this kid because I would be that (laughs) one that would take the kid to the doctor and it won't stop crying. And they're like, "Yeah, because you fed it too much, lady." I'd be like, "I don't know. I thought it was hungry." Yeah, I would be. I would have no idea what to do.
2: (laughs) You know what? Don't worry. You are not. You're in the same boat. A lot of people are in the same boat with you and. It's an illusion that parents, maybe, maybe, I I don't know, maybe I was being like completely ob- oblivious because their parents was like, whoever told you, Where? how does that even look like we know what we're doing? More than likely, <laughs> we, we seem like completely incompetent. It's like, you know what, being a parent now, I totally understand why people feel like they're incompetent. Because we are. Yeah. <laughs> because we are. And it it's really it. hard. And I, I have a lot of respect for for anybody who keeps their children alive. I have a lot of respect. For <laughs> right? No
1: kidding. <laughs> Hell, the fact that I've kept my dog alive for almost eight years amazes me like, every day. So <laughs>
2: the fact that you keep plants alive, I honestly yeah.
1: I'm amazed. Yeah. I know me <laughs> Not, too. <no> joke. <laughs> me too. It's crazy. Yeah. So, anyways, back to my hair. I haven't lightened it, but I also haven't <laughs> been to that my hairstylist in forever. So it's probably just my natural <laughs> hair coming through because uh... I just haven't, yeah. Either that or I finally washed it. One or the two. I don't really know. (laughs) Uh, Oh,
2: yeah. Just like simple things like that.
1: Yeah. Did you do something new to your hair? Yeah, I washed it after six days. (laughs) Uh,
2: That's another thing that you take for granted when you have a kiddo. You know, just sleeping, showering, just taking a nice shower,
1: a full shower without having to get in okay get out real quick yeah i can just imagine yeah
2: yeah all those things that you just thought was just typical stuff
1: <sighs> no <laughs> that's funny so
2: well i'm glad that i mean also the sun well then again it's colorado so i don't think you have seen the sun for a little bit yet yeah because my hair always gets know.
1: lighter <laughs> in the summer just naturally because of the sun and it brings out these red hues and i hate it it looks brassy and yeah who knows what it is but it is getting lighter, but it's nothing that I specifically did. So there's that. All right, Primary Arms. Primary Arms just announced a new scope for their GLX line of optics. The GLX has a 2.5 to 10 power with a 44mm objective lens. This scope is first focal plane with ACSS Griffin reticle, which provides a great option for mid-range precision guns. The 2.5 to 10 magnification is great for mid-range rifles since it gives you long-range capability but isn't as physically large as with higher magnification. It also has locking turrets so your Zero doesn't get moved accidentally, which has happened to me, and it sucks. Price is $649.99. It's a great buy. If you do get it, don't forget to use the code AVA, A-V-A, and you'll get a free scope mount, and that is at PrimaryArms.com.
0: Tactical Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now.
1: Savage Arms just introduced the new Impulse Rifle, and... The impulse rifle at first glance, it just looks like a regular bolt action rifle, but it's different. It has a straight pull bolt action as opposed to rotating the bolt, pulling it back. You pull the bolt straight back and then push it straight forward without the two. Yeah, it's kind of cool because honestly, I got to say, when I was first doing long range shooting, I had my bolt action and it was kind of one of those things where you kind of have to get used to the movement, really kind of put some Mm -hmm. force into it, which you wouldn't really think of. I kind of like the whole straight pullback pull option. Without the two extra movements to rotate the bolt, loading obviously becomes a lot faster and smoother. Instead of locking lugs on the front of the bolt to lock the round in the chamber, a straight pull uses ball bearings to pop out the sides of the bolt in the forward position to lock it into place. So the smoother, faster action has been around for a long time, but apparently the design's typically more expensive, which is why a lot of manufacturers haven't done it. Savage spent three years developing the Impulse and has 13 patents pending on it. You can also swap out the barrel to change calibers, and you can also swap out the bolt handle from right to left, which is nice because if you're left-handed, you realize pretty quickly the firearms industry does not cater to people who are left-handed. That's also a nice feature. MSRP ranges from $1,379 to $1,449 which is significantly less for a lot of those straight-pull bolt rifles. I'd be interested to check that out, although I haven't really done a lot of long-distance shooting or anything bolt action in a while. Are you a fan of bolt action?
2: I Well, honestly, probably I'm going to have to check out that one because that is why I'm not a really big fan of bolt
1: action. Are you (laughs) left-handed? Are you left-handed or is it just because the whole action doing the rotation thing
2: yeah, just doing it, finagling it at this, like, the right, like, I feel like it has to be, like, the right, you know, moment type thing and, yeah. like, doing it the right way. Yeah, well, doing the right way, obviously. But, you know what I mean?
1: Like I know exactly I what you there's mean.
2: there's a reason where there's a market for that because people know what I
1: mean. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think <laughs> oh, that that's also cool. another thing that that's cool. also uh, women might struggle with that, mm-hmm. like, most people in the gun industry probably wouldn't realize that men are just like, well, just do it like this. Here, just kind of, like, racking the slide and
2: exactly and it was when
1: i started out and you kind of feel like an idiot because you're like cool i can't even load this gun but yeah let's shoot at a mile you know (laughs) (laughs) exactly
2: exactly and i that's funny that you said that because that's what i think it came from because i was just like man when you were talking about that i was like i wonder if it's because they had a lot of women like you know just being in the industry and having more women get more involved in fire. just like the whole Smith Wesson, the... The easy. Um, easy. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, finally, they're listening to us. Yeah. Because that's usually... Even if it's... I mean, I'm an instructor, so I understand, like, how you're you're able to do it, like, by not doing that. But still, it takes a while before you even get to that point and realize it's not about pulling it back. It's about pushing it the frame forward, Yeah, you know, type thing. But most people don't understand that. And so a lot of women, especially... Just don't have that strength to be thinking. Oh, doing it the other way until they learn to do it that other way. They're they're pulling it back, and people have issues, and they're not, mm-hmm. not just women, but people who have like arthritis or whatever. Yeah, you know, it's just not easy for them. So, but uh, to be honest, I know a lot of guys who love that gun
1: too. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> no kidding. I know that's <laughs> you know, I, I started refraining from saying, yeah, it's for women or people who are right weak wristed or weak because <laughs> it's really not because. In Just as itself, it's a pretty awesome gun and it works great. And I think that more guns or you know, more manufacturers, I actually just wrote an article about it that I foresee within this year that there's going to be more manufacturers that develop a gun that's very similar to the Smith & Wesson m Easy. Just because the fact that it's so easy to operate just makes it extremely appealing.
2: Honestly, know? I'm actually surprised it took them that long. And I'm surprised that other manufacturers haven't. Yeah noticed that but maybe because I'm yeah I think it's because I'm a woman and when I talk to brand new shooters it's like that's one of the the cool things I'm able to say like oh actually there's this gun yeah and more than likely because I used to work at a gun range so I was the one selling those guns as well and women would come to me asking for suggestions they still do so yeah I'm actually really surprised that other gun manufacturers have not caught on but Mm -hmm. this whole thing with Savage I think that's going to be that's a game changer. It should have happened a while ago, but yeah. I'm glad that the, I think it is a product, a reaction of more women getting into the industry. Also, women just speak up more about the things they don't like. Yeah, <laughs> too, I think so. I'm glad that more women are getting in and letting their opinions speak. Yeah,
1: known. yeah, so it, completely agree. Industry. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Stupid, funny, cool, interesting. Awesome. As Never mind. AF.
1: Today's AF segment is about the big tech declare war on free speech. Due to last week's protests at the Capitol, which, although reprehensible, did not come close to as violent and destructive as the thousands of so-called quote-unquote peaceful protests that have taken place over the last year, many immediately took it as an excuse to blame Trump for encouraging it even though he called for a peaceful march at the Capitol and he made plenty of tweets where he was asking people to keep it peaceful. In fact, Antonio, do you remember any tweets that he made where he was asking for violence?
2: No, I really don't.
1: I was talking to somebody about this last night. I don't know. I mean, unless I'm missing something, but is there an actual tweet? The only thing I could think where he's kind of egging it on is he was saying that even though the election was pretty much rigged and stolen from him to keep it peaceful. And so there was never a time where he was, "Hey guys, everyone meet up at the Capitol and just let's all get violent." Yeah, I was kind of thinking to myself, I don't know unless I miss something because and again, it's one of those things where this whole thing just seems so crazy to me, well, I must be missing a piece of the puzzle because there's no way that the way that these big tech companies are reacting that it's due to this. But anyways, right. big tech. After he was telling people to be peaceful, go home, basically, he gets then banned by Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And then on top of that, these companies, they didn't stop there. As we've seen massive unfair censorship from them within the last couple of years within the 2A community, they took it to a blatant extremes. Many right-leaning accounts have been deleted, blocked, or removed. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert was locked out of her Twitter account and AR15.com was kicked off their servers hosted by GoDaddy.com this week. With all that going on, millions more started joining Parler. And as the left has said in the past, hey, social media companies, they're private. They can make the rules. If you don't like it, build your own platform, which is obviously what Parler did. And they conspired to get that shut down. Google and Apple both demanded that Parler implement controls to ban content like they do or they would be removed from the App Store. Then Amazon took it a step further and announced that they would be removing Parler from their servers, effectively eliminating the platform from existence. Parler CEO has pledged to fight back. They're suing Amazon Web Services, saying that they breached their contract and a number of other factors. But I think what people don't realize, I think what baffles me. So I've been this whole week has just been one big headache for me because so many people are on board with Parlor getting shut down and all these social media outlets taking the actions that they have. And they're completely okay with it. It's almost like they have no problem with freedoms being taken away. And I understand that these are privately owned companies and they can do whatever they please, but they've become almost like a monopoly. And this doesn't really have anything to do with eliminating violence. There's known terrorists that still have Twitter accounts. Antifa used Facebook and Twitter to organize how many countless events within the last year that were extremely violent. There's people that are advertising books on how to effectively commit suicide. Think about all the pedophilia that's going on. What steps are they taking to ban that? But yet something where Trump never asked for people to come and riot at the Capitol. And Even then, it was a very small group that did this. And we don't even know where this group came from, if they're even Trump fans, if they were hired to do this. And the whole thing, there hasn't been a lot of details that have come out from the people that stormed the Capitol. Right. Yeah. But I just think it just this whole thing just seems so baffling. And they're taking away people's right. Anybody who doesn't agree with their way of thinking, okay, close it down. And they're just silencing us. And I don't think that that's right.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, too, and I think people—it's always easy for them to use the same talking points or whatever and justify it when it's them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, if for example, this was the tables were turned, we just wouldn't do that. We, yeah. I think, we respect free speech a little bit, way more, not a little bit. We, we definitely respect free speech a lot more. But the thing is, like you're saying, it's big tech, right? If they were truly just private companies, yeah, sure. But they definitely are big tech because they are in bed with a lot of big government.
1: Exactly. And
2: they're big because they do the things necessary to stay big, including also keeping all this other startups and other avenues from actually getting bigger. Mm -hmm. I even know that Amazon had servers like that's It's crazy how much how much power Amazon has and it's, it just has as much power and it's just in every facet of our lives that I'm sure I still don't know that they actually and that's why he's such a billionaire and such a he has so much power in so many different ways but the fact that he has servers and, and say no you're not even not going to be in a platform we're going to take you off servers there has to be some type of being in bed with the government to be at that at that type of level mm-hmm. and so i don't even buy a lot of this like for instance for companies like amazon and tesla and stuff like that where they're just they can't even make that distinction saying that you're just completely 100 privately owned or, yeah. or not in bed with the government
1: no all. kidding so it
2: is a free speech issue in that case
1: mm-hmm. and this is why monopolies are illegal big tech has literally become almost like a monopoly And what was it, the Sherman Act, the Sherman Antitrust Act, which was in the late 1800s, was created just because here parlors, okay, well, we're not going to change. We encourage freedom of speech, and they're not going to make any changes, but yet now nobody is going to take them on. And it's almost like if a company does take them on, I heard it was, I can't think of the company, but it was the same as where Gab is hosted, that they would take them on, but they were almost hesitant to even say what company would take them on because they'd get boycotted and treated so badly. Mm. It's just this major form of control that is, in actuality, it's illegal. This is why monopolies are illegal, because of this.
2: Right. Yeah. It. We are in a different, I was on a couple of other podcasts the last week, and just we are in a different, I think, just like what happened in the 80s with and the reason why conservatives went to talk radio and essentially became alternative media is because the broadcast networks were just getting so huge and there was only like a few of them at the time that there was like you said a monopoly and um the voices that were able to speak were controlled by a certain few and so we had to go quote unquote underground right or alternatively Mm -hmm. I think social media has become so ubiquitous that now we have to look at different means of our alternative again. So what that looks like, I don't know, and that is why I'm not the tech person, but I'm hoping somebody with in the right or at least who who really cares about free speech will rise up and come with a different type of platform that is truly free f- for all, yeah, because otherwise it's just gonna be yeah social media. There needs to be something that's different. Honestly, I'm looking for the next Steve Jobs anyways, because I'm sick and tired of the iPhone and Android Mm -hmm. Monopoly. But (laughs) I know. um, so hopefully we'll get that from our side at least. So we'll see,
1: hopefully. And I'll be honest, after this whole thing unfolded, I don't even want to use Amazon. I used to order from Amazon all the time because I hate going to stores, especially if I just, oh, I need tea bags or something stupid, just whatever, that I don't want to go to Walmart for. I hate going to Walmart. I hate going grocery shopping. I just, mm-hmm. I've gotten to a point where I just hate being around a lot of people, <laughs> especially with this whole <laughs> COVID thing. And not because I'm afraid to get sick. I just can't stand people and how they act and just all the events that have come forth on 2020 just makes me can't stand people. Yeah. So Plus, driving
2: in snow. Though. Yeah. I mean, you true. have added
1: driving in snow. That That's is- true. That's true. And <laughs> I've been in three car accidents this year. And I'm pretty oh. sure it's because I bought a brand new car this year, 2021. Well, within the last year. Yeah. <laughs> okay, within a okay. year of owning the car, <laughs> there's been three car accidents. You <laughs> okay. know, this wouldn't happen if I had a car that was already like, paid off. But no, now, nah. buy a brand new car, you'll get into all the accidents. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even driving. I don't even want, I just want to stay in my house with my plants and my little dog and be left alone. <laughs> but that's why Amazon comes in handy. But since this yeah. whole thing has happened, I don't want to order from Amazon. I'm sure that my lack of business is going to make not even a dent, but maybe <laughs> enough people will feel the same way and support more local because it's just yeah. I don't want to give them a dime after their behavior. Oh,
2: yeah. I I yeah, it's become especially with like the baby and even like getting a, like having a registry like my baby shower registry was on Amazon. And it's just yeah, like you said, a lot easier to do all of that. but. Yeah, even going to like other companies is like, <laughs> in a way, small business for me because it is very convenient to just be like, oh, I'm gonna order on Amazon. And I might even get it the same day. Yeah. Versus no the, the shipping standards of other companies that don't go through Amazon, you're oh, like no. uh, three to five days. Right.
1: No kidding. <laughs> I know.
2: It's like completely like okay. I, let me just go to that first, and then I'll go to small business. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Thing. It's so hard. Like, but yeah, it's changed the dynamic. So it's hard to go back, but we need to if we're going to make any type of change mm-hmm. and keep them accountable.
1: agree. So. Yeah. All right. Time to finally wrap up. If you guys have not left an iTunes review, please do so. We're actually all out. The two last reviews that have been written 22 Cheapster, Great Listen, Five Stars, just finished episode 175 Quiet Professionals. So amazing to hear about someone that not only loves what they do, but is extremely knowledgeable and well-versed in what they do. Sounds like we are needing a gun-funny type meet-and-greet or something with any of the great guests she's had on. Second review is H-S-O-J-E-N-Y-A-W. Almost five, but gotta be honest, four stars. Love listening, but the recorded transitions make me cringe. I'm guessing probably the music, but okay, that's cool. Thanks for the reviews. Antonio, will you pick out of the first reviewer or the second to win a prize pack? Ooh,
2: the first reviewer.
1: Yeah, second review. Sorry, man. Four stars. It's just not going to cut it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You guys can find me at gunfunny.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. If you want to support the show, consider becoming a Patreon. And there is a link in the show notes. Otherwise, just go to gunfunny.com and click on the support the show link. Also, Blown Deadline gives away a $300 gift certificate every month to a lucky Patreon. And $5 and up Patreons get a Patreon only patch. So you have to be a Patreon only to get this patch. Also want to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Joe Lyons, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Joshua Hamp, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Star Wars 77, Dylan Savage, and Melissa Ridings. And king of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. He wants me to say that before Operator Tickles was born, the chance of getting killed by a toy fox terrier was statistically zero. Now it's 100%, but only if you cross her. And little Tickles. All right. Antonia, thank you so much again for spending the time and talking about what you do and just being such a great advocate for our gun rights. Can you just remind listeners once again where they can find you on social media?
2: Yeah, so um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Antonia underscore Okafor, O-K-A-F as in Frank, <laughs> um, O-R, and as well on Facebook, if you still have Facebook as well. I'm also on parlor at Antonia Okafor-Cover, so hopefully Parlour will come back on. But I'm also the national spokesperson for Gun of America. So you guys can, uh, wherever you guys uh, look at Gun Owners uh, for Twitter and Instagram, I believe is the handle, then you'll probably be seeing me as well there. And I'll be doing more stuff as well with uh, GOA, as well as uh, for those who used to be firing back uh, listeners, we're going to be bringing that back on as a podcast for GOA, and I'll be hosting that podcast. So hopefully you guys will be hearing me soon as well.
1: And where can they find that show? Just if they go to Gun Owners of America's website?
2: Yeah. So Firing Back is still actually on Apple and all the ways that you can subscribe there. So Perfect. if you didn't subscribe when it was on 2017, then go ahead. You can do that right now. And when we re-up the show in the next few months, then we you guys will be ready to, to hear me on that. I'm relaunching that. So Firing Back is on Apple and any other platform for podcasts as well.
1: Awesome. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's so great to talk to another female in the industry.
1: (laughs) I agree.
0: (laughs) Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.